answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. It is the uh, weekend of March 28th. The world's changing so fast that um, it's like it's a un- number of things we've recorded uh, in the last couple of weeks. We've sometimes even had the time of the day. It um, This is unbelievable, Scott. Um, it's, this is all worth uh, Money Matters, by oh, the way. Oh, by the way. It, uh, uh, talking to a friend of mine today who works in the mortgage industry, does these, uh, how do you say, hedges for mortgage companies. Um we had a long discussion about what was going on in the stock market, but the bigger story is actually in the credit market, the bond market. It's every bit is big. So there's multiple things obviously going on in um, America. Commerce has come to a complete stop. I mean, not a slowdown, not even it's at a stop. Um, yes, yeah, so we're, we're, we're irrevocable um, changes we in will, our lives. We will be discussing um, some of our viewpoints on what's happening in the economy and the implications therein, and maybe the opportunities that could present. Of course, we'll also be um, we want to spend a little bit of time talking about the CARES Act and what's in it for you, what that could mean, and some of the challenges we see that 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 it could also be presenting in areas of the economy. And uh, we might take a call or two during the, the yeah. program. Probably not as many as typical, just because there's a lot to talk about today. And uh, we want to get your viewpoint. And by the way, just to let you know, and I, I mean, it's, I think most of us are spending our time focusing on adjusting to some sort of new normal, what that looks like. Um, yes. But also, everyone's finances are different today than they were a month ago, and people are spending time on that. And on our website, I don't, we don't always promote that hard, but we're promoting hard right now. If you go to allworthfinancial.com, right at the very start, the very header is, uh, I think, COVID-19 updates. If you click on that, it's going to give you the uh, a variety of different things that we've put out the last couple of weeks. So I know many of you are maybe just listening to us uh, on the radio, and you've that's where you found us and you listen to this program. But we've got a lot of other material that we've put out. We've put out um, some videos, uh, some uh, other podcasts. A couple guides on... Uh, how to manage through this? Yeah, and um, and I and it, it, a detail on the CARES Act too. So we'll be talking about the CARES Act, and there'll be more detail. And our advisors, allworthfinancial.com. Our uh, so obviously we're an investment, well maybe not obviously, but we're an investment advisory firm, and we have I don't know, thousands of clients, and a hundred percent of our workforce is now working uh, can work remote. Um, Although some of them still come in the office. I was talking to an advisor the other day, and he said he came in at 3 o'clock because he couldn't stay home anymore. Um, well, we are actually was- recording this. So we, we, we tend to record during the week, uh, typically later. In the, it's Friday afternoon, and we are. Uh, I came in the office, hadn't been in the office for a week. I've been working out of my home office. I've probably been working more. I've worked more in the last two weeks than I did in the previous two months. I'm not exaggerating by no, saying correct, that. Correct, correct. <laughs> I think everyone at the firm would probably say the same thing. Correct. Everyone's just you know, new tools uh, because they're all working from their homes. And, the, and our, our uh, advisors are uh, still taking on new clients, busy as ever, um, but just doing it in a different methodology. And um, we are all adapting to some sort of um, new normal. And, of course, the markets... So we went from an all-time high to a bear market as defined as 20% decline or more in 19 days, 20 days. It was, it was something. It was the quickest decline ever. 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 And then we had the next day the largest percentage increase since the Great Depression, so, which is interesting. Markets can have huge run-ups in the midst of times like this, which we saw this week. We had three days in a row. The market was up, grew, went up 21% to the point where, technically, based upon definitions, we were back in a 
bull market. And then Friday, of course, a very volatile day again on Friday. But so, Scott, I think that uh, swings of four, five, six percent in uh, the indexes, the Dow, the S and P, uh, the Nasdaq, are at least for the time being the new normal. I, 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 well, for the time being, for the time being, it don't be surprised if you see the market move three, four, five, six, seven percent up or down on a day to day basis. Doesn't surprise me at all because the stock market, remember, looks forward. So people are trying to price in what they believe the earnings of a company will be in six months, nine months, a year, two years, three years, six four years, years, 10 years. That's what. So when you buy a company, you're buying its earnings or its potential for earnings. And remember, when they talk about the stock market, for example, the Dow, that's 30 companies, 30 of some of the largest companies in the United States. And when you own stocks that comprise the Dow, you are a owner, a partial owner in those companies. And when you hear the S&P 500, which is talked about a lot, that's essentially the 500 largest, not quite exactly, but... 500 largest companies in the United States. And so when you own, let's say you own an index fund that mirrors that or a large enough growth, you know, growth mutual fund, you are a part owner in those companies. So if you own Apple stock, you're an owner of Apple. If you own Amazon, you're an owner of Apple. And when if you, you own, own Chevron, that, you're an owner of Apple. When you own that, why do you own that? If you're that? Own a, a owner of a restaurant group, you're also an owner of that. If you're owner of a Oil company. Why do you that. own that though? You own it because you think the earnings are going to be better than and other alternatives. Other alternatives, right? Versus a bond, CD, CD, treasury bills, money in the bank, treasure, short-term treasury bills. The latter part of this week just went negative. Negative for neg- so the safest investment is the same uh, institution that prints the dollars, right? So the government they could always print more, as we saw they did on this week with the cares bill so they can always keep print 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 uh and so the safest investment at least if you want to return on your dollars is uh, u.s treasuries they slip negative so people look for other alternatives for their assets and the the feds had lowered interest rates to try to encourage people to invest in more riskier assets for growth assets and to deploy capital your capital into another asset that's going to grow. That was the one of the reasons. And to make it uh, easier for companies to operate because they borrow money. And if the interest rates are lower, it means that they can deploy more of their capital to growth. I mean, if you think about, so I'm going to bring up Amazon as an example, because I, I think I would venture to say that 98% of the listeners uh, to this program have ordered from Amazon. I think that's probably, probably. fair. 95% at least. And if you haven't until recently, you are now because uh, they're hiring 100,000 workers just to help fulfill the demand that they have right now because we're supposed to shelter in place and all those other things. But for years, Amazon, their stock price kept going higher even though they had no earnings. And so people would say, well, how do you judge if it has no earnings? Because people weren't buying the company based upon what it was doing today. They were looking down the future and said, holy smokes, this company's got something going on, what they're doing and so I want to. I'm going to. I'm going to take a bet that they're going to do well over the long term. So th- that's essentially how the entire market. Every company is essentially evaluated, not just on what a company is doing today, but but people believe investors believe that company is going to be able to do six months, six years. They're forward-looking the earnings. Totally. So the challenge now is. It's hard to predict. I that. mean, I, I saw one economist was predicting a twenty four percent decline in GDP. Our gross domestic, our gross domestic product, by the way, our overall the what we produce as a when we're just talking about the United States, we're not talking about the whole globe here. Just the United States, we produce about twenty one, twenty two uh, trillion dollars a year. That's our gross domestic um, uh, product. The Stimulus Act. Maybe we're 20. The Stimulus Act was about 10% of our gross domestic product. Two, two trillion. And by the way, not the first. This is not the first. By the time this is done, uh, you're going to see another oh, two yeah. trillion, four trillion. It, by the time this is over, if we stay in this lockdown, and I'm not saying whether we should or shouldn't, but the longer this goes on, the bigger the stimulus packages that are going to be coming out. By the time this is done, 
it wouldn't surprise me if it was six trillion dollars that they threw at this. Well, in got- addition, Scott, in addition to all the other stuff that they're doing uh, in Washington that isn't really visible, backstopping. Oh yeah, side deals like hey, yeah, Ford, yeah. make these things. We'll take care of you later. Or forced marriages between companies. It's all going on. It is. Um- it's a it's an astounding you know it's interesting so I had someone asked me well Scott how are you guys holding up with all this I said well the 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 need for financial advice has never been greater so I mean that's the business we're in our, our advisors are primarily certified financial planners and charter financial consultants and and all those sorts of things you didn't say investment advice you said financial advice because they're two different things well they're 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 combined but it's they're not There's a lot of things that people should be doing that aren't necessarily, well, their portfolios are in it, but there's other things that in addition to managing the money that is financial advice. Yes. And a lot of it is taking care of, uh, taking advantage of some of these um, programs that the government is pushing out that allows you to manage your money differently without penalty, forbearance on loans, um, a whole host of things. Yeah, so let's let we're going to talk about it, the, this bill that was passed on. Uh, that was it was passed on Friday, but essentially the Senate passed it on what Wednesday night. The CARES night. Act. Yeah, not to be confused with the Secure Act that came out last year. How'd that work out? That <laughs> 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 well, they did away with some of those things. So we're going to first talk about. Some of the the main things this has to do with um, uh, people that are most of our listeners that are kind of nearing retirement, and then we're going to go into um, a little more of the detail and primarily focused on what this means for individuals. There's a tremendous amount of legislation in here that uh, is uh, goes to companies and small businesses and large businesses. Uh, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on the uh, business part the business of it. Thing. Um, but I although have, our uh, Allworth Tax Solutions Group um, is certainly working on that, and um, but but it's not fodder for the radio. But I have been I have a number of friends that own businesses, and the emails have been going around like, "Does this apply to you? Does this apply to you?" Um, on employment acts, and so here, a couple of the things for retirement pl- planning issues, and then we'll talk about some of the other things. So. Uh, right now, they're going to allow people to take a hundred thousand dollar withdrawal from their IRA and avoid the ten percent early withdrawal penalty. Now, your state that you reside in may or may not have a uh, a tax penalty. Uh, if you're a tax free state, it doesn't apply. But tax in so as an example, in California, there's a two and a half percent penalty. I would imagine they're going to come along and, and waive that. Um, but that has not just came. And what's interesting the thing about this, it allow people to spread the uh, tax liability over a three-year period of time. If they so wish. But if you need the money, you might. this might be just the fine year to, uh, to do that. Um, and you also have up to three years to put it back. So you can use essentially use your retirement plan as a loan. Uh, I see this is good and bad, I suppose. There's going to be some people that are going... The reality is there are going to be some people that might have been planning on retiring next year. They might have had their 401k... Too much inequities. Remember, right. we're following the uh, the biggest bull market, the biggest run up. And I don't know how many conversations I've had over the years about how come we don't have more risk in the portfolio. And I wish I thought I was thinking I ran into I, I got a kind of a actually my wife's pretty good friends with her and her husband um, that I that they're they, they, they full disclosure they actually clients of the firm. And this is a few months back, and he's talking to me, and he was talking about I really like your advisor so and so. I really like. He said, I just wish you guys were a little more aggressive as a firm. Well, he did then. <laughs> well, that's what I, and, I, and so it's one of the things as advisors, we've been the thing, you know, people, we've been kind of getting beat up by a lot of people for diversification portfolios with, with non equity bearing assets in there that don't, uh, they're not sexy. They, they, listen, when you build a portfolio, there's parts of the portfolio, parts of the portfolio for growth, which is longer term. And parts of the portfolio are for stability. So and what have we talked about in this program for years? What long t- If you don't need the money for five years, that's what we've discussed. 
five years. We're not even five weeks into this. Yes. I have a pretty strong suspicion that in five years from now, this pandemic will be behind us. The economy will be growing again, and we'll be back living our lives, going to sporting events, having out dinner out together but in if, five years from now. if you had a portfolio that was 100% stocks, you're looking at this thinking, wow, this really hurts, and I need income. What, what do I sell? And that's why you have a diversified portfolio. And if you're in that position today, doing nothing is not the right answer right now. If you had coming into this, if you had a good financial plan set up, a, a good investment strategy designed to prepare yourself for things like this, and I'm going to go as far as either have a financial advisor or you've got an investment program that's doing automatic rebalances for you. Good enough. You don't need to do anything. Good enough. You don't need to do anything. Everybody else, I would say otherwise. Yes. If you need money from your accounts, one of the things that we're seeing, one of the problematic right now is is people that are in um, these uh, life cycle funds because they're balanced funds. So now it, it can work. But let's as an example, let's say you're going to take a withdrawal from your 401k and you sell out your life cycle fund. You are selling stock right now. What is a life cycle fund, Scott? They have some stocks and some bonds. The closer you get to retirement, the more conservative it becomes. If you're forced to sell it right now, I would not do it without talking to somebody and um, making and sure the right allocation. Yes. Because what happens when you go to sell? They sell on a pro rata basis based on the equities and, and bonds in it. They don't actually just go in and sell bonds at this point in time, which is what, if you need income, you do not want to be selling your stocks or your equities at this point in time. You just don't. You want to make sure you have a diversified portfolio and that you're not overweighted in any one sector, um, but you want to make sure that you're not selling out of something that's going to come back. Because what you've done is taken a temporary loss. And made it permanent. And made it permanent. And by the way, stocks are supposed to go up and down. That is actually how it works. And I'm assuming you believe that this economy will recover from this. And but if you don't, let's assume that you think the world's coming to an end. What do you buy? Guns. Well, and yes. I'm kind of joking, but I mean, gold's fallen in value. You, you would buy. Oh, you know, it's funny. I was, I was driving into the, in, in here and I heard an ad. It's actually from a, it's actually from a radio host that I respect. And I'm really kind of surprised he's been reading ads for it. But it's a, it's a company that does, they promote um, people to, to trade a lot. They cheat you out of trade. You've probably seen the infomercials on TV and how great it is because you're able to quit your job, all the money you're making. It's just so easy. You just do this course and you learn how to trade. I'm thinking, oh, my, I wonder how these people have fared. Oh, tr oh, I can't even imagine. Not well. Unless they did puts on everything, <laughs> okay. which is you're betting you know, the price. So there fall. was there was a um, uh, it was a Bill Ackman. There was some oh, yeah. very well-known hedge fund manager. And the headline of the article, he turned the numbers are not quite 27 uh, million into 2 billion uh, coming into this crisis, which was true, but it was only because he had a hedge on his portfolio. So he had losses to, that were the same. Offset and it. then if you read the article fuller, his, his, his hedge fund, it went from like 20 billion to, to 8 billion over the last years. Cause his performance had been so dismal the last few years. Yes. So this point in time, he had hedges on his portfolio. And, you know, I was thinking, I was talking to someone the other day. He, uh, this is like three weeks ago. And he's in the financial advisor of some sort at one of the big companies. And he said, yeah, he said, yeah, I got all my clients. We got out of, I got out of the market last week. Eh, I don't know if that was the right thing or wrong thing, but we got out of the market. And I thought, one of two things. One, either he's full of it, which I don't think, I don't think so. Or probably more likely this is his, he gets in and out a lot. And he started thinking about over the last decade, since the financial crisis, when the Dow hit a low of six, 660 some odd, if every time you had some headwinds like what this was appearing like six weeks ago. And in, the sold, last, in the last, in the last 12 years. Yeah, yeah, 11 how years. many times would you have sold out? Four? Three? Or more. I mean, SARS was, we, I mean, there's like Ebola. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's enough medical stuff, not to mention things like 
Brexit, and all these other times where you would have had good reason to sell starts. out if that, was your, if that was your approach to investing. And history has shown that nobody has been able to successfully time the market, know when to get out in and when to get out. And history has proven, look, we've been doing this for roughly 30 years, almost 30 years. It'll be 30 years in June that I've been in this industry. Um, things have always come back. And they will this time. They will this time. Not all companies will come back. Not all companies. That's for dang Right? Sure. Not all companies will come back. Not all bonds or loans will be repaid. But... In general, it will come back. So let's keep talking about the CARES Act. <laughs> All right. we, got on a little... we did say we're not sure if we're going to take calls or not to this program. And our contact number is 833-99-WORTH. And frankly, I think most people listen to our program because they want our perspective on things. You know what, Scott? It's um, our – so we have – how many advisors do we have this from? 50, 50 or 60. Some, some mod, 60, right? So, seven, and we, 70? I don't know. We've been in, I should know. But. We've been in contact more with, uh, obviously, it's an organization with a couple hundred employees. So, Scott and I don't manage the advisors, but they have managers. And so, we talked to the managers. And so, they did an analysis of how many people have actually gone to cash. And it was less than 1% of our clients have gone to cash. Um, I still have it was much less than that. It yeah, like, it was like four tenths of one percent. It's like fifteen clients or something. Yeah, out of unfortunately, they did it before the big run up this last before week. before the run up. But I still have a, a number of clients that I work with. I've uh, three of them have called me out of their I think probably thirty clients that I've worked with for twenty some odd years. Three of them have called me and said, "Should I invest more?" And one called and said, "Am I okay?" And I thought, these guys get it. The well, they've been through. Four, four, this is our fourth time with, with Dot com bust, 9-11, financial crisis. Yes. And they get it. They're like, it's going to come back. We understand that you're selling bonds for my monthly income. Um, how do we it, make The reality is it's hard to earn. It's not easy being an investor. No. And it's hard to earn money that are in excess of CD rates. And it's it, there are painful times that you that one goes through, and this is it. That's and if this that's is, why they call it the risk premium, right? Well, we call in our industry a risk premium, but what does the risk premium? I mean? I don't think anyone heard that. On <laughs> but they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, look, people, it, it, the, the, the general not, public not, doesn't not, understand a not, risk premium, but a risk premium is I get paid in excess over U.S. Treasuries for putting some risk in the portfolio. What is risk? Risk is volatility. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. No one thinks about risk when it's going up. But they certainly think about yeah. risk when it's going down. And if you've listened to this program for a while, you've heard me say this before. And I think I probably said it four or five weeks ago before all this started, that if you look over the last 20 years, we've had two major downturns. The dot-com with 9-11, the stock market declined 45%. Financial crisis, the stock market declined about 57%. Over the next 20 years, you should expect to have something similar like this happen again. At least once. And I said five weeks ago, I certainly hope it doesn't happen, but it's best that we prepare for it. So if you prepared for this, coming into this, if and we're not the only kind of people who have had that kind of advice. This is pretty If you've prepared for this, coming into this, then I really don't believe you need to worry. If you've got a sound investment plan coming in based upon a good, a good financial plan, I don't think there's any reason to worry. If you hadn't, you're overweighted in the stock market. You're overweighted in a particular company. I don't care what company it is. Yeah, any. Some got absolutely destroyed. Oh, these we, these business development companies that we've been railing on for the last two years, crushed. REITs, I don't even know what a business development company it's is. It's a non-banking, uh, they're non-banking banks. I mean, I kind of do. Yeah, it's one of those packed. One of the ways things packed and spun. I'm like, eh. the business developing the non-banking banks. They make loans to, to companies that wouldn't otherwise qualify. A lot of these for real estate investment trusts. Some of them are just getting hammered. 90 percent down because they use leverage. The ones that the ones that were seeking yield and kind of ignored the concept of diversification. All right. If you, have nothing, if you have nothing to do, go back and listen to this program of five years worth of, of shows. You'll hear all the callers with all the people that would argue with us about things.
Not to say we're right. This is just this, it, it, this it is, is finance one on one. We're not. When we we can't predict the future, but you, when you look at certain investments, you're like this thing just isn't worth the risk premium. It's yeah. not worth the additional yield, the amount of risk that a lot of investments actually hold. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to take a, a, a break here in a moment. And, and then we promise we're going to talk about the CARES Act. Because <laughs> we got to the first. <laughs> we got to the first There's one. several things in here. And by the way, on our website at uh, elworthfinancial.com, at the very top, there's a link, the, corona, the COVID-19 and um, how it might impact you financially and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and the CARES Act, which we, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, get it because we we sent out lots of things in the last couple of weeks. And on Friday, we sent out a, um, uh, a, a, an email with with this particular thing about the CARES Act. So uh, stick around for more All Worth's Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. We'll be right back. Welcome back to All Worth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. And um, this uh, edition, we are spending some time on the CARES Act that was just passed. So let's get back into some of the highlights of the CARES Act. So. Wait, but Scott, before we get into this. Before we was about the first I'm half sorry, of the program, we I'm never sorry. got into it. <laughs> I just think that oil. Oh. Oil. It's what, 21 bucks a barrel? So right 20, yeah, 21, 22 dollars a barrel right now. Right? We think the frackers, most of them needed 50 bucks a sh- um, It's the 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 the, the, the business is like dead. what's happened to what's gonna happen to North Dakota? Remember all the f- oh people that moved up there, the yeah. frackers and people building houses as quick as possible? Yep. My dad grew up, uh, went to college in North Dakota. He said the only reason people live in North Dakota, it's too cold for them to actually get out long enough to leave <laughs> North Dakota. That, so that industry. But you just, I mean, there's so many implications. Mortgage industry. Right? Oh. Interest rates, right? All oh, right, let's oh, go through oh, this. Oh, the CARE Act. Listen, then we'll talk about unintended consequences. Part of the CARE Act is that you could get mortgage forbearance for 360 days means you don't have to pay your mortgage for 360 days. You think, that's great. That is great. Yeah, first California came out and did something with it. You're granted an, an initial waiver, initial payment waiver of eight, 180 days. So so I, got a, I have a family member that owns a business, restaurant. Okay. It's getting hammered. Naturally. And she called me a week ago. I don't remember if I talked about this last week in the show or not. She called me a week ago and said, I don't know what to do. She called me in tears. I don't know what to do. How many? How many employees? She was down to two. Her how many did she normally? Have? I don't. I don't know. Ten, fifteen? Uh, small. It was okay. a small kind of restaurant. So she probably had five or six. Um, and she's like, she said, my sales for today were six hundred dollars. She says my typical monthly expenses are twenty five grand, with rent, utilities, and I said, and so I, that so right then you extrapolate. So if it's six hundred, it's eighteen thousand dollars in revenue. Over a thirty-day month, and her expenses are twenty-five grand. I didn't even need to bother doing the math. She's not going to know. Yeah, I okay. said, well, I said, number one, um, don't pay your. You're not going to pay your your rent. You're going to tell your landlord you can't pay it. Just tell him he's going to he or she's going to hope that you can survive this and stay in business and be a rent a pay rent in the future. Um, I said, don't pay your utilities. This is the worst case scenario. Don't pay your utilities because they've already said they're not going to shut off your power. And she says, well, my mortgage payment is such. I said, don't pay your mortgage payment. She said, what about my credit? I'm like, mortgage payment on her house. On her house. Just don't, don't pay. pay. I said, look, there's going to be some program. It was two days later. State of California, where she lives, came up with something. And now this comes up with something again. So 360 days. You know, but the problem with this. And, and it's basically, it's relief if you've had been impacted by the uh, COVID-19. And I don't know who has not had some impact of COVID-19. So, and you, it's an... Attestation. Uh, by the way, it's not you're not it's not really said anything as a free lunch here. Um, it just postpones it. It doesn't forgive it. Yeah. So if you own 27 years, have 27 years left on your mortgage, a year from now you'll have 27 years and maybe a little bit more because the interest is going to be. Added the, on. But the the problem with this and the government will step in and backstop this is that the company that you send your check to, your mortgage payment to, they're typically. Not the company you got the loan from. They bought the servicing rights to that loan. And every, you send them a $2,000 check, they take 40, 50 of those dollars, and they are called a loan servicer. That's, and they make their money by that 40 or $50. Making sure you pay. Making sure you pay. Communicating with you. The whole bit. 
if that income stops, okay, those businesses dry up. There's clearly a lot of unintended consequences in this. Well, I don't know what else you would do, though. Um, there's there's no required minimum withdrawals for 2020. So I just thought that was stupid. I did. How many people actually? The, 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 you look at the population. You wonder how this got thrown in there. Uh, yeah, you you look at the population in large. I mean, look, we have people come to us. They don't like having to. How can we avoid this required minimum distribution? How? Uh, but what, what percentage? No, it's very small, and they have a lot of assets. That's right. I get it. But anyway, it's there. So uh, they did throw in um, on charitable contribution. There's typically a, you're limited to sixty percent of your just gross income. There's no limit whatsoever for now. So great for the point zero zero. <laughs> Zero one percent of you that want to give away more than your income to charities this year, good for you. It was another one that was a little <laughs> odd. Uh, they did throw something in there though that um, even if you don't uh, itemize your deduction, you can get a, a, a three hundred dollar. Um, you can d- d- donate up to three hundred bucks and get a deduction for charity. Some of these things, I don't even know how they got in. You're like, here. why are you spending time on this? Here are the big ones: uh, direct payments. So uh, twenty twelve hundred bucks goes just a check sent to an individual. 2400 for a couple, an extra 500 bucks if you've got kids under age 17, as long as your adjusted gross income uh, is um, uh, 75000 or less, and married couples, it's $150,000. Yep. So, um, you know, essentially the middle class or less will receive um, that. The Here's the one area in here that I... I, I believe, and I think just about every other economist believes, this could be very damaging to our economy. Because? Maybe not, maybe not in the next three weeks or two months. It's the enhanced unemployment benefits, which it's thrown on essentially, for the most of the part, an, extra, an, an additional 600 bucks a week in un, uh, an unemployment. An additional. Benefits. So if, you're, if the unemployment's already, say, 500 bucks a, a, a week. Now it's 1100 Right. Let's say it's four hundred bucks a week. Now it's a thousand. So so now you're making forty eight thousand dollars a year. So the person who was um, bussing tables, waiting tables, um, uh, doing uh, cleanup on construction sites, entry level jobs, they're thinking, wait a minute, I'm making forty eight grand a year on unemployment. What? Why? And I remember the during Pat during the last uh, the Great uh, Recession. I have, good, I have a, a good friend of mine owns a very large uh, plumbing contracting business, does apartment complexes, housing developments, those sort of things. And I remember he was telling me the big, he said, my biggest, this is after the two years after the crisis. My biggest challenge is the government uh, uh, and benefit programs. Because? because people make more sitting at home than they do if they want to come work for me. That's human nature. It's human nature. Someone's going to pay me as much or more to stay home. Stay at home. What do I need to go out and actually exert any energy? Well, of course. We saw that so with the with Soviet uh, Union. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So this unemployment. I mean, the reason benefit. China's doing well is because they, they got off their social policies and went towards uh, more capitalist. So this, yeah. this will have unintended consequences when this economy starts moving forward, which it will. Which it will. This will slow it down. Yeah, there's got, already not enough labor in the marketplace for these types of jobs to begin with. So I, you know, since, so I have two. I have two uh, college age kids. My my 24 year old daughter is last semester of grad school, and um, she needed a certain amount of internship hours for her grad program. She was going to get a job waiting uh, tables a few months. Uh, I think at Christmas time, Dad, I'm going to get a job waiting. And I said, you know what? I said, and I'm glad. And I'm she's a, wait, She's worked in restaurants. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. Uh, Summer she's jobs stuff. Yeah, yeah. She, she, listen, she's a hard worker. Yeah, look, I always matter of fact, she's she's right now she's she's ordered a textbook to get an additional uh, accreditation uh, right now. So she's you and I had the further. The, you and but I the, had this personal conversation earlier on in the week, which is the fallback jobs are gone. Right. So here's my point with her. Right. So I so I told her. I said to her, look. I'd rather you increase your education. I'd rather you get to a point when you're a graduate to be able to uh, go find a job in your field. So I w- you need a certain amount of internship hours, and most of them don't pay. Go find something that's really interesting to you, and I'll pay for your internship hours. Well, okay? that's nice that you have that ability. I know. But 
Now, so now she's home. She can't collect unemployment insurance because she didn't lose her job. Oh, got it. And my son, who was a senior year, it, it, I actually encouraged him. <laughs> I, he'd been working through college, working at Best Buy, and he was working so much. I said, why don't you take a little break your last semester? Um, I said, if you, if you need any extra dollars, you'd save some money. If you need any extra bucks, I'll help a little bit. Your last semester at school, um, you'll never have this season of life again. And so he had quit his job. So he, he doesn't, doesn't. He doesn't qualify. He, he doesn't qualify. You wonder how many other people are out there, and for whatever reason, they didn't have a job at that period of time. They were in, in, in between something. They don't get unemployed. Nobody cares about the fate of my kids. That's I get that, and and I'm not terribly worried personally. But there are a lot. Of, but it started me thinking about they've. Well, Scott, government programs have always interfered with uh, employment. Always. That's right. And they listen. They need to be there. But they don't need to encourage unemployment. Government There's no program, question. Look, they I'm all they supportive. They need to be there. There's a lot of pain that's been created. And the th interesting thing about this, this is government imposed. Right? What You've got we're a going business, through right now. Absolutely. You've got a business. The federal government, the state government says you must stop operations. So the government interferes. So at what cost? Well, we're seeing the cost. Whether that's the right approach or the wrong approach, I'm not going to get into that because it's very, it's a, um, it's a very interesting uh, ethical dilemma. And some say there's no dilemma there at all, um, and I don't even want to get into that. It's irrelevant. It. Yeah, correct. No, it is what it is. It is what it is. It doesn't matter what you feel about it. It doesn't matter what you think about it. It is what it is. And frankly, when we start getting to the point when there's who knows how many deaths we'll start seeing in this country or around the globe. I mean, you think we're going to navigate pretty well here. We've got a great healthcare system. We've got resources. You think about other parts around the globe, these slums and parts of the, they, people have zero access to I mean, getting their hands on an antibiotic would be a, a wonder drug for them. They don't have anything. It's going to be a disaster. Not so, that an antibiotic would work in this. Situation. I understand that. Maybe that was, um, they don't have any antiviral, but neither do we for this one, apparently. So that's what's going on with... Um, there's also some student loan uh, debt relief, which... Oh, we saw this coming. Was there anything in this about direct payments to uh, universities? Because they're... I didn't see That's it. coming next. Prop those, keep propping those up. Um, so student loan relief? There's a little bit of student loan relief. They don't have to pay. If they put a pause on it, there's no repayments until September 30th. And no interest will be added to the loan over that. Um, I'd make sure you've got the right kind of loan. And these are not for all student loans. These are for some student loans. Yeah, the, the ones that were the more recent ones for the by and large are government programs because they took over that. Uh, what's another big one in here? The mortgage forbearance, I think, is the one that's going to yeah. be. This is, um, listen. And it, then there's all kinds of pork. Oh, you probably, most of you Kennedy, have read the You've articles. seen the Kennedy Center. I, at first, I, I thought it was fake news. I got to tell you, the first time I read about money going to the Kennedy Center, I thought twenty-five million dollars. I thought it was thirty-five. Was it thirty-five? Whatever but, the number. But was. the first time I saw it, I saw it on some you know funky news site, funky news site, and I thought, eh, this is fake news. They 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 they, they wouldn't they wouldn't do that in this. How many pages was eight hundred and something? Eight hundred and eighty something pages. And I thought there 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 there's no pork in this. I thought this 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 the, the, you 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 can't play politics at this point in time. This is I think not, everyone did though. I bet if when you get this is not a time to play politics, man. This is anyway. You're all emotional. Almost makes you want to run for. Pat often acts like the tough guy, but he's got the softest. It, heart. it makes you want to run for office. <laughs> Truly, you look at this thing and you're like, people are hurting, and you're doing deals back there that 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 that, that don't do anything but slow down the process. That's yeah, awful, right, friends? relatives out of work didn't have anything to do with it terrible it's terrible this is terrible it's awful retirement's ruined right the tax rate on the backside of this just wait just oh. wait well if you start thinking what's this really mean Long term, 20 years from now. So, Scott, Donald Trump's talking about 
you know, opening back up Easter. It doesn't matter to many parts of the country. He can open up whatever he wants, but if the state says it's closed, yeah, yeah. it's closed, right? It's closed. You're already seeing, talking to a friend uh, who's a real estate agent in Florida, nice in outside of Naples, said New Yorkers are coming down here with cash and buying homes. Just flat out. Although they're quarantined for 14 days, well, they fly she, in. She wouldn't, she wouldn't actually work with them because they hadn't quarantined. But there are real estate <laughs> agents that are working with them. Uh, that they're just coming down to Florida with cash. Why? Get out of New York. And the backside of this, uh, it will take us years and years and years to recover. And what we're going to see on this, you're going to start seeing large companies, not in all industries, forced marriages pushed together, much like we saw the last time, right? Bank of America bought Merrill Lynch. I don't think Bank of America wanted to buy Merrill Lynch, by the no, way. No, no. Right? I think they that were all they, pushed together. They were pushed together. Forced, we call them in the industry, they're called forced marriages, right? You're going to start seeing it with mortgage companies, and you're thinking, why would a mortgage company actually? Well, they're not getting their payments. They're not going to get their payments. And even though the interest rates are low, if you can't record a deed because the county clerk's office is closed. I had a friend of mine was working on uh, refinance. Um, and it was supposed to fund a week prior. Something happened. They said some some sort of excuse. Then come Tuesday this last week, a couple days ago, uh, mortgage company, they said, they uh, sorry, you're not getting it. We ceased all operations in California. Not doing anything in California. Just flat out. Yep, boom. And it might have had to do with, it might have been the same day that um, Newsom said that you don't need to make a payment. So you're in the you're in the business of of, of of providing loans, lending money. Well, I wonder. I will see how we'll see how easy it is to get a loan after this. I'm, you know, my 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 father passed away in in December. A little tiny house in Torrance, California, Los Angeles, which I can't believe how much little tiny homes and 50, 60, 70 year old homes and. By the way, Scott, I have been to your father's house. Got it. And <laughs> not the not the palatial <laughs> estate. And he was the kind of guy that never really paid much attention to things. So the house, and but and miraculously, by the way, I, Scott's dad was um, one of the biggest characters I have yeah, yeah. ever met. Yeah, I mean, the guy was a ball of energy. I, you know, it's funny during this crisis. Oftentimes, I think, man, I'd love to talk to my dad about this, get his perspective on things. So the house sold, and, and I, I thought, I, I thought it was, it's been an escrow for uh, I think it was like a six week escrow. And he had a reverse mortgage on it, incidentally. And I was hard to get the paperwork. Anyway, so we had a little bit of trouble getting the payoff amount from the reverse mortgage. And then it was, uh, I'm thinking, this couple who's, whoever, it's a young family is buying the house. The house is barely big enough for one person, by the way. <laughs> the young, the young house you grew up in. It was, it was yeah, crowded. <laughs> yeah, one bathroom. And uh, I thought, no, no way is this mortgage. No, no way is this coming through. It's going to be falling apart. And then the real estate, no, the loan's been approved. Wow. Then I got a note yesterday, the the the, the mortgage is funded, and the payoff of the escrow is supposed to close. So what did this one bedroom, uh, what, three bedroom, one bathroom? 770, 780. 770. I think it was 1,050 square feet. Holy smokes. But my point is, uh, I was amazed uh, the fact that the loan even went, the loan even went through. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's, it's because right now, right now you wonder, you wonder what companies are going to be providing a mortgage. Yeah, yeah. Who? Why would you lend money right now? But, but, but the government is Scott. I mean, the government is. Well, they're not going. The government. I don't know if there's anything in the bill that gave those companies protection. Oh, against Beginning the next week. Or, and by the way, when you put together a, a relief package like this in a week and people, are, the politicians are spending time figuring out how to take care of their pet projects. Yeah. Instead it's, of thinking about the unintended consequences. Yeah, it's a, it's a. They would have been better off taking a little more time on this thing. It's well, I, I don't think that they, they, they actually should have broken it into maybe three chunks. And past those chunk at a time, uh, but
but plain politics uh, was absolutely uh, just unbelievable. But, I mean, a week ago, we were telling people to refinance. Two weeks ago. And you know what? Maybe try it. The last I looked, um, mortgage rates were already about 4%. They went up. Interest rates went low. And normally, the mortgage rates would follow in the same, right, path. But this time it didn't. And the credit markets, here, here's, here's, I'm going to give you a shining light in all this. The federal government, the Treasury, the Federal Reserve are backstopping. They are keeping liquidity in the marketplace, unlike last time. So last time it took them a number of weeks to bring liquidity to the marketplace. What does that mean? It means during the last crisis, you go to the grocery store and you look at the shelf. And you're like, wow, look at all this food or used to be toilet paper or paper towels. <laughs> My wife found some this morning. We were literally getting to a point where we really needed toilet Scott, paper. Scott, there's a janitorial closet here. In yeah, the I know, building. but they, didn't, they, they, don't, they won't. Uh, but don't tell anyone. Uh, there are cases of it in this building, which uh, we anyway, have access okay. to. So <laughs> If it gets bad enough, bad, then we're going to... So the credit markets, right? So you go to the grocery store and you look at the shelf and you're like, wow, that's great. There's all this stuff. That stuff, the, the food in the cans on the shelf is all bought on credit. It's not owned by the store. The store didn't pay cash for it. There were terms provided. It's credit. Then the distributor, credit, right? Then the manufacturer, credit, right? That is the credit market, short term or long term. The last crisis, they broke the buck on what was the prime reserve money market. It was one of the first money markets ever to what they call break the dollar, which means that short-term interest rates in these started defaulting. And when I say short-term, they're sometimes 15-day, overnight, 30, 60. Typically, there's nothing longer than six months in a short-term money market, which is the credit market. Last time, during the recession, the, that's where it started. It broke the buck on the prime reserve. This time, the Federal Reserve stepped in immediately. We'll buy, we'll buy it. We'll they buy said, it. That's what we'll buy it. Then they went in. $5 even, trillion dollars worth. They went in even further, and they said, look, we're going to buy government uh, mortgage-backed bonds. We'll buy it. Took it one step further, which we've never seen before. They went into the credit markets and started buying corporate bonds, right? They're buying bonds of Boeing and General Motors bonds. They what a bond is is it's a loan. It's a loan. It's the way they're structured. It's, it's a loan. It's all it is is a loan. Stocks are ownership. Bonds are loanership. Easy to remember. Then the the government, Federal Reserve, Treasury, went in and started buying exchange traded funds. Exchange traded funds. They got ahead of this. Then they went to BlackRock, which is one of the largest asset managers in the world, and said. Can we hire you to keep the credit markets alive? BlackRock said, sure, no problem, right? That is a silver lining in all this. So my own personal feeling on this is it is they have taken the appropriate actions in order to keep cash flowing in the system, which actually means that the recovery will be easier this time, in my opinion, than it was last time if we can get people back to work. Yeah, whenever that is. Whenever that is. But the government stepped in and said the credit markets are. So people, the, the big story is the stock market. That's what you see on the headlines. The stock market, stock market, stock market. Look, that's part of the story. That is long-term money. But short-term money is the bond in the credit markets. And the government has done, I think, an incredible job. You should give them credit there. Oh, Scott, I think they've done a phenomenal job. That's the Treasury Department. The Treasury. And why? Who's in charge there? The same people that did it last Steve time. Steve Didn't he come from Goldman Sachs? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, he's lived. He's like, oh, I've seen this movie before. What would I do differently this time? And they're doing it a little bit differently, but they're doing the right things. Yeah. All right. So we have a few minutes left here in the program. Uh, we chose not to, t- to take calls just because. If it's not obvious, why? <laughs> You should quit listening to the radio show. (laughs) Look, here's the... As Pat likes to say, this too shall pass. This too 
shall pass, right? And if you think about uh, some other dark moments of whether it's our economy or life. Your life, your neighbor's life, your children's life, your wife's life, this too. We will get through this season. At the end of the day, we're all going to die. There's there's nothing. On this planet. Yes, that's correct. Yes, correct, correct. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know either. Economically, (laughs) this too shall pass. Will people get sick? There's no, we're seeing it. And the markets, look, there's a good chance the stock market is going to fall back down and will hit new lows. High, high probability of that. Or not. Or not. Or not. But nobody knows. So, so, it's impossible to so, predict. So, Scott, what's going to stop the federal government from backstopping the stock market at this point in time? Well, well, the one challenge they do have is they just print the dollars. Well— they could inflate their way out of this eventually. They, they certainly could. Or, right, they bought, they're buying corporate bonds. Good, uh, Lord help us if the government is now becoming an owner of every company in the United States. My bigger concern on all this is not where the stock market's going to be in five years from now, being totally transparent here. My biggest concern of this is how big of a role our federal government is going to have in every aspect of our lives five years from now. That is my biggest concern. And what's this really going to mean long-term? Personal freedoms. Tax rates are going to go up in the backside of this. All those issues. There's a lot of planning opportunities that doesn't necessarily be done this week, Roth conversions and some of those things to think to think through. But You should most certainly do tax uh, loss harvesting if you have a brokerage account uh, outside of an IRA. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of things we And you, you absolutely need to know how your uh, portfolio is balanced right now between stocks and bonds. Absolutely. Abs- there's no – look, look. you should have known going into this thing what your risk exposure was. You should have known. That's, but, but if you, you need didn't to know, know, you, you better still know, need to know, now. know now. You better know now. You should have known going into it. But uh, if you don't, you better know now. And that's all the time we have. Look, at, we've got updates, uh, frequent updates on our website, allworthfinancial.com, right at the very top. COVID-19 latest. We, on there, you will see our um, the uh, write-up on the CARES Act and how it impacts the majority of individuals. That's what they we took there. So Stay safe. Yes. Stay healthy. We'll, we'll, we'll be here with you here next week. Have a good week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.